0: KT is an R&B hip-hop music producer based out of Atlanta with music placed on Hulu, BET, Bravo, and many more channels. The artists he's worked with have gone on to accrue millions of streams. As a producer, he's about helping artists tell their story in an authentic way through creating timeless music. If you ever watched his Insta, you know that KT is very generous in sharing his knowledge giving inspiration and helping artists on their journey, realize their dreams. Welcome KT.
1: Welcome to, yeah, I'm glad to be here, man. Um, thanks for inviting me and, uh, thanks for
0: that amazing intro. (laughs) It's all good, man. What was that first song that you were enraptured by as a kid?
1: Ooh, the first song, um, Ooh, I wasn't ready for that one. Let's say, <laughs> um, let me think back. Because my dad played a lot of, um, he liked a lot of jazz and also just like 70s music. Uh, one of his favorite mm. bands was Earth, Wind, and Fire. So some yeah, of their stuff, um, some Stevie Wonder, I'm trying to narrow it down to a song.
0: Mm, that's tough. Huh?
1: Uh, really, what got me, I, I would say, the. First thing that really got me enraptured as far as wanting to make music was probably actually a Tupac song, uh, like oh, okay. "Keep Your Head Up" and stuff oh. like that. That was yeah, the yeah. thing that was like that really made me be like, maybe I want to create my own stuff. Yeah,
0: was music always a, a part of your family in those uh, in those early days?
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was something I couldn't run from, and I can say that because I mm. tried even because uh, really? my dad was a. He's still like a church musician. So he played oh, the wow. keyboards and stuff. Um, and everybody in my family actually played music at one point. My mom played the flute. Mm-hmm. My sister played clarinet, my brother saxophone. And then I nice. took piano lessons starting at age six, uh, classical piano. Oh
0: wow.
1: And, but that was, you know, that was something that was cool for a while. And then once I got to middle school, I didn't think it was that cool anymore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I kind of let it go, but. And I was like, no, I'm going to play basketball. Like, But okay. I couldn't run from it. And I ended up just coming back to it.
0: <laughs> mm. When did you come back to it? And what made you come back to it?
1: So I stopped taking classical piano lessons around sixth grade. But then mm. what I picked up was my pop's keyboards and started making beats mm. on those. I tried to get back into piano lessons like a couple, a few years later, but it didn't really last. Cause at that point I was, I was like, I, I just want to make my own stuff at this point. I'm, I don't mm-hmm. want to perform other people's music anymore. Um, so that's what kind of got me. It brought me back to the music in a different way. There is no
0: box. There's no box. That's one of your, your sayings. What, what, what does that mean to you? It really has a lot of meanings at this point,
1: but, um, the reason it was created was because maybe a two and a half years ago now,
0: mm-hmm. I was,
1: I was um, at like a work, a job retreat um, in New York okay. and I was playing basketball and we had a tournament and I ended up rupturing my Achilles, which, you know, made me <laughs> sit down for quite a while. Oh, wow. Uh, when I was kind of in like recovering from that and sitting, you know, a lot of I really couldn't sit at my laptop much. I really had to like keep my foot up and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and it was just a momentary um, lapse in me not being able to being able to create music. But I was just yeah. thinking, like, what if I had an injury that completely prevented me from creating anymore? Which oh, wow. happens to people and it takes them completely away from their dreams or whatever. I said, I would have to find something that still made me feel like I had a purpose and maybe it was centered around things I like, but it wouldn't be exactly the same. I see. So I started studying identity and like how much we hold on to certain Mm. identities um, when it comes to like who we are. So we're like, no, I'm this. I'm a basketball player. I'm a painter Mm -hmm. or whatever. And then so I was like, well, what would happen if you couldn't do those things anymore? You have to find a creative still um, had that sense of purpose so that made me kind of come up with the idea of even if I couldn't do things the way I used to like there's no box around who I can be I can reinvent Mm. myself I can take all the elements of me and and create something new from that Um, and so now it it really just represents um, not feeling like you're realizing you're not stuck you're not stuck with whatever you're doing Um, and it eventually like you can always evolve and mm-hmm. kind of adapt with where you're going. That's, that's kind of like the backstory behind it.
0: When, when was that moment that you evolved your identity and kind of chose to pursue a career in music? Was that that moment or was, a, was there another moment?
1: Well, the career in music, so that's actually what's interesting about it. So I've always wanted a career in music, and I studied, mm-hmm. you know, some of my, the icons to me, are like the Timberlands, the Neptunes, and right. I was trying to follow their paths. But of course, right. times have changed. Things are different. Um, yeah. And so when that wasn't working the way I wanted it to, me having this moment where I had this injury and I had to think about all this stuff, I realized I was holding on really tightly to trying to make myself successful in the way mm-hmm. that they had been successful or anybody else. And so yeah, I realized like maybe there's another way. Like I don't have to do it that specific way. And if I keep trying to hold on to that so tightly, I'm just gonna end up frustrated. So right. I ended up so that's what that was the moment where I realized that I also like to I have a background in training and teaching. I have um mm-hmm. a background in or I
0: love I love learning and I love like things mm-hmm. like that. Like let me incorporate <laughs> you read a lot of books and you have a lot of inspiration you draw from. I could tell, man.
1: Exactly. So I was like, let me incorporate this. Like maybe I can teach other people things that lessons I learned to help them save 10 years, you know, out of yeah. their journey. Thank you. And so that's kind of where. Yeah, that's kind of like that was the moment where I realized I can still revolve around music without mm-hmm. necessarily always having to be the producer or whatever the case might be.
0: mm. And are you you born and raised in um, Alabama? Yeah, from
1: Birmingham, oh, Alabama.
0: Birmingham, Alabama. And then when did, um, what led to the decision to move to Atlanta?
1: So I moved to Atlanta in 2013, mainly because I was already coming out here probably like twice a month for different reasons. Okay. Beat battles. I did a lot of beat battles um, oh, over nice. the years and stuff like that. And of course, Atlanta just had a, I mean, Birmingham's music scene was still budding. It's it's doing pretty well now, but it was okay, still budding okay. at the time. And I, I had some relationships out here and I was like, let me go to Atlanta yeah, and see if yeah. I can create something.
0: It's the hub. When you're developing new beats, uh, this is something I kind of struggle with is how, how far do you develop them before you you know you're just kind of providing a um, you don't know where that beat's going to go to which artist how far are you going to take that beat like how are you going to add all the bells and whistles or do you just kind of give it that basic foundation and bedrock and then you'll add the bells and whistles after how far do you take a beat just in the yeah. early development stage
1: like you said that's a struggle <laughs> i think for um yeah. most people that have produced music um earlier on in my earlier days, like I always I I would put all the bells and whistles in there because I mm. didn't even know if people would buy the beat. I was like, well, maybe if I like paint the whole picture, they'll right. get it. But of course, I learned over time as I started working with artists like there's, I didn't leave room for them. So and right. nowadays I actually any I actually don't do a lot of production without artists. So if I do mm. any production, like now I've been doing more like remixes and yeah. stuff like that for fun, where I'm like, this doesn't even need an artist. But if other than that, I pretty much solely do custom production. So I mostly, nice. I mostly work with artists on music. So I always have like a person in mind.
0: Mm. So you're tailoring it right there with them. Yeah. That's the best way. Yeah. Best way, man. Best way. What resources do you use to stay on top of fresh sounds uh, emerging with upcoming artists or uh, new sounds in production? um so I have
1: like I'm split on that, so first I usually you just use my friends honestly i got my my friends are into all kinds of stuff. I got certain friends that are even bigger music nerds than me that are always just like stand on top of what's new.' They're like, yo, you checked out this dude. Blah blah, and it might be somebody that's just budding on SoundCloud like nobody's heard of them Uh, but they got something cool fresh they're doing Um, and then as far as sounds I actually so that's where I have a (laughs) a mixed relationship uh, because I feel like for a long time I was always trying to keep up with the new sounds find new sounds now Mm. I'm actually just trying to master what I have and I'm actually putting more restrictions on myself so Mm -hmm. I'll try to create a template like in Logic, for example, that has certain sounds already, and I'm like, I just okay. got to make a beat with these sounds. Um, mm. If I try, because then it just lets me to get right to the execution, like right to the creating, right. and not thinking about like, low. is this the perfect sound? Yeah.
0: How do you balance having like a current sound with your own unique signature sound? So this is like to me the the formula
1: that I'm trying to, and I I used to be against any kind of formula, but mm-hmm. uh, the formula, well, I've heard this definition of creativity, which is familiarity plus novelty. So what I'll try to do now mm. is like I, I forgive myself for wanting to use something that's maybe been used or been right. or that's currently being used. Like it might be a drum pattern, a certain drum sounds, mm-hmm. but I'll always, I just can't even help it. I'll always end up Adding something that's a little weird in there, something that's a right. little peculiar. Um, so that's how I try to keep it fairly relevant to what people are enjoying. Um, but I'll and then just add my own spin on top of that. Okay, so
0: something kind of familiar in the the modern music landscape, and then something that's uh, unique to you. Also, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, try to find that balance. I don't always get it right for sure. Mm-hmm. I usually tend to go a little bit too novel sometimes. Um, mm. But I rather, to me, I'd rather do that than to lean too heavily into familiar. Even though, I mean, as you know, because you've worked in like, especially in sync, uh, probably a lot more yeah. than me, like they're usually looking for stuff that feels very familiar as opposed to mm-hmm. like some esoteric, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. sound and all of that.
0: What are your top three tips for getting your drums to slap? (laughs) Top three tips. (laughs) Yeah. This will be a highlight, a little highlight. You you can see the headline already, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So as far as getting my drums to slap, so number one, gain staging, which I realized was, um, I didn't expect that one. Yeah. (laughs) I realized that was a crucial part just as far as mixing, but you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's a matter of turn the other stuff down a little bit, uh, mm. and then give your drum some room. Uh, the number two will probably be one of, just like one of my favorite plugins, which is Decapitator. Uh, so oh yeah, I just started started messing with that uh, a little bit more. I love that thing. It's uh, it just beefs stuff up. It can beef anything mm-hmm. up. Add a little distortion, and then yeah. other than that, I mean. I probably should have said this one first, and I feel like any any uh, OG producers, engineers would say this, but sound selection, like sample selection. If you got good quality drums samples, you mm-hmm. know you won't have to do too much. Um, so mm. that's probably number one. If you got a good sound, it's just like when a recording. It's like if you record right. the source the right way, you know everything else is just gravy on top. So that, and then gain staging, and then. I like Decapitator. It's just like one plug in that can really take it over the edge.
0: How how do you like to bring out the best in your beats with that plug in? So I use that, uh,
1: kicks, but lately I've actually been routing like, um, like the, all the drums to it. So I might route the Roll kick, bus. the snare. Yeah. Yeah. bust it out. I might take the kick, the snare, some mm-hmm. hi hats, whatever. Uh, and then that, Kind of gives the whole, like all the drums, this more beefy, gritty, just you know, kind of sound. Mm-hmm. Just depends on A little glue, a little bit of glue, yeah. Depend on the type of beat too. Um, yeah. If I am doing more hip hop, yeah. like uh then I'll I'll do that, but it, maybe other stuff not so much.
0: Mm. When do you bring up business with an artist who wants a beat?
1: So I actually have a entire process. So we talk business up front. Cause nice. I like to just get it out the way, <laughs> get it out the
0: way. But I have a process. Yeah, I like you to- don't be, Yeah, go ahead. I don't want to be uh, deep into the double album and then say, uh, you know, how do you feel about it? Well, I think I get all the publishing. Oh, I think I get it. Yeah. Once it's go. created, especially
1: if you got something good, you know, these those emotions get involved. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I actually have a process. Yes. I have people, like we talk on the phone beforehand. It's, if I don't know you okay. already, we got to have a conversation on the phone yeah even to see if we're a good fit first you know like are you a good fit for mm-hmm. me to work with and vice yeah. versa uh and then yeah, uh qualify yeah exactly and i sent him an email afterwards that mm-hmm. just says up front like you know by default i try to be fair like by default let's just split it let's just split everything yeah. um and then you know if there's other circumstances let's talk about them as they come up but um we we got to establish that in writing somewhere early so that there's okay. no well I gotcha. didn't think, you know, all that stuff.
0: So when you say split it, let we got the master and then we got the uh, you know the song um uh, so you're splitting the the song 50-50? Uh,
1: yeah, we're definitely splitting the song, you know, of course unless there's other songwriters producers mm-hmm. involved. Um but and then with right. the sales and like the actual recording, the master, I mm-hmm. usually say up front, let's split that as well. But I'm more open to negotiation on that um, because you as an artist, mm. you know, depending on how you're distributing it, who you got associated with you, if you got an independent label, things like that. I'm not hard. I'm not as hard and fast on that. A lot of people I've been working with for a long time, though, you know, they, they split those sales with me as well. But we're definitely splitting the song You know, we both contributed to the song Mm -hmm. So we're definitely going to split that part
0: That'd be like a 50 Let's just say it's just you And one, uh, you know, either singer or uh, rap artist That would just be like 50-50 Yeah, 50-50
1: is is my default If there's another reason If you feel like there's another reason to justify other numbers We can talk about it But yeah, Mm -hmm. I default to 50-50
0: how do producers move beyond just you know a stock preset?
1: Yeah, that's the uh, that's the there is no box man. Like create your own create your own signature. Um, I almost <laughs> I rarely leave things completely stock these days. Um, and now you know I mm-hmm. do a little bit of sound design with a lot of the sounds I use. So I'll kind of there
0: you go
1: cha- change the wave signal a little bit. Like it was sign. I'll make it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Saw, more saw or square, um, add add some chorus on okay. it or add another Sound Toys plugin. I feel like this is not sponsored by Sound Toys, <laughs> but uh, I like another plugin called mm-hmm. Micro Shift. It's like another one of my favorite. Um, it's oh, yeah. kind of like a I don't know if it's technically like a phaser flanger somewhere in there, but um, just like tweak it, you know, exp- experiment, explore. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll keep it. Mm keep it sounding cool, I'll, honestly, so this is a thing, like a lot of these sample packs, loop packs and stuff, I mean, they're taking mm-hmm. a stock sound and then just, I mean, some people, you know, they're using instruments as well, but they're just loading them up with right. a ton of cool effects, you know, to make it sound like right, right. incredibly unique. Um, and you can create that sound yourself, mm-hmm. really, but you just gotta experiment with it
0: over time. Right you know you're talking about sample packs and stuff is there any uh sound designers who you really admire for let's just uh talk about drums you know just for drums
1: yeah i haven't bought a lot of drum packs lately i mean somebody i gotta give props to is uh ilman because i feel like he was one of the oh uh, yeah, yeah you know I have pioneers of mm-hmm. of really just kind of yep. mastering that game um and so i got yes. like a almost all his stuff because I, I think I bought it once on like black a Black kits, Friday. Right? Yeah, the Black Kids. I think I bought it on a Black Friday sale one day yep, for like ones. super cheap um, and I got like everything he had at the time. Mm. Um, so I use a lot of his stuff, but I use a lot of stuff I had for probably over ten, <laughs> over five, ten years um, just from different things, different uh, drums drum kits online, over time, and then I've kind of, nice. of course, tweaked them to my liking. So,
0: okay, yeah, the count. Have you heard of the count?
1: I love the count, man. Me and uh, a friend of mine were just, yeah, we were just talking about. I'm thinking about grabbing warm, some man. stuff. so warm. Yeah, he. Yeah, uh, the way
0: he creates I, is just. I was blown away. with The sonic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, your favorite synth for getting the the, the sauce on your beats. You know what?
1: I love um what I use almost every time almost almost every beat is something from Arturia. Um their V collection. Oh, okay. Cuz um oh, yeah yeah
0: the those are the retro sense, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Cuz all the all the models they have of oh,
0: those man. synths,
1: man. I want that one. Yeah, I, I went ahead yeah. and just I was like, yo, I got I got to have these. Um, cuz I know a lot of those were used yep. by, you know, everybody like Stevie Wonder all these people. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is how you get like because those like if you want to just grab some stock stuff that's crazy, like those are crazy. And then you can right. also you have to you have to really have to learn how to even tweak those sense like because they're so some of them are so mm-hmm. complex, Um, but they got some yeah. crazy stuff.
0: How much of your time of your day is business promotion versus creating?
1: sadly I don't spend as much time creating these days as I want to. I'm actually, um, I was just talking to my friend about just mm-hmm. like really like disciplining my time to make sure I'm creating every day for a certain amount of time. Mm. Um, because mm-hmm. just keep the muscles strong and, and the muscle memory, yeah. Yeah. um, your reps in. gotta keep the reps going, man. Cause I think for me, I'll, I can get if I don't create for a while, I can definitely get atrophied a little bit where it takes me a little bit longer to get back into it. My stuff can sound a little Mm -hmm. like for me, of course, this is all subjective, but it sounds a little bit more dated than I want it to sound. So Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make sure because I spend a lot of time on um, business and, of course, like trying to do more content these days. Mm -hmm. Um, But. Cause, yeah. But mainly, I think the other reason, though, is because, like I said earlier, I don't, I mostly do custom production now. So I'm mostly creating for mm-hmm. somebody uh, these days. I'm not doing a whole lot of just like right. making beats just to make beats. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to get back to that, honestly. Right. I'll do remixes and stuff to kind of keep having fun with it.
0: What kind of things do you do where you feel like it's gotten
1: you the best results? You know, it's it's really like is is this applies to more than just music, but I realized like the more you give to other people, like the more I share, mm-hmm. whether it's my own experiences or something I've learned, um, it, it not, it like, it accomplishes like multiple things in one. Number one, you're just giving back to the community, right. community that you came from or that you're still in. Um, you're right. also mm-hmm. letting people know that and one of my mentors, um, Shout out to Dan. He um, he really let me know. Like, he went to my Instagram page. This was like two years ago. And he was like, um, okay. so what all, you know, how long you been doing it? I was like, oh, I've been doing this for a long time. And I know this and that. And he was like, well, I, I go to your Instagram page and I don't know that you know any of that. He was like, I don't know that you've been doing it, you know, hmm. for as long as you have or that you yeah. know the information you have. He was like, so if I'm a artist, like, how will I know that you can help me with those things if you're not putting them out there. So Mm. I thought that was, I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, (laughs)
0: gem right there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's a a nugget. That's where the most return really is. It's just letting people know like, Hey, I can help you with this or this is something I do. Let me show it Mm. to you. Um, So they can, it can be obvious to them. And that seems like a no brainer, but it was not, I think a lot of us don't think about
0: it that way. Um, Were you, shy about putting stuff out or
1: yeah, I'm definitely more introverted. I will say that, uh, over the years, my, even my like nine to fives have helped. Um, I was a communications major in college, which was ironic. It was just something I had to choose, um, as a, to be in the music technology realm, but, um, that, so I had to take speech classes. I had to take voice and diction classes and then, after college, mm. I was my internships at these studios. I was teaching kid. I was teaching like high school kids how to use like GarageBand and Reason and stuff. And that was terrifying. Oh, <laughs> uh, because really, high school kids, you know, you're getting up in front of them, they didn't really sign up for the class. It was like I was put, we were pulling them out of their right. band classes, choir classes. And so I had to learn how to communicate, how to like, exp- communicate to all all types of groups of people. Um, and then I ended up mm-hmm. having jobs where I had more like training backgrounds and customer service backgrounds. So I had to learn how to like just speak and be comfortable with that. So all of those things kind of helped mm-hmm. as well. Um, so when he was like, all right, now you need to get behind the camera and talk about music and talk about, I was like, okay, this should be easier, right? <laughs> like, cause it's something I already right, like right, talking right. about. I just had to get over like what I think a lot of people have is that imposter syndrome, which is like, who are you mm-hmm. to be talking about this? Like, what makes you an expert? Yeah, um, and just I just had to like let it go. You know, fortunately, a lot of people know mm-hmm. my background, and so I don't get a ton of people like, who is this guy? You know, I'm sure that that'll that'll right. come, but right. um, fortunately, like I, I feel like yo, if you need to, yeah. you can ask anybody around me, like, and this, I'm not brand new to this, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny you said, who is this guy? I think that's one of the things that pops through my head when I get nervous about sharing something or speaking in front of an audience. You know, it's, we, we have these common things that we all go through. And now I know you like to read a lot of books. Uh, what, what are your top three books that have helped you creatively or music career-wise? So one of them I
1: recently talked about My go-to is uh, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield because it's just, I love the way it's written and Mm -hmm. it's, you know, I read it over and over and it just talks about resistance. Like all the excuses that you could come up with while, why not to do something? (laughs) He addresses
0: them. What's your number one way of getting over resistance? Honestly, it's just
1: discipline. That's what it ends up coming down to It's like, I have to, I just have to, remind myself that it's it's not about the outcome it's about the process mm-hmm. so if i focus mm-hmm. a lot on like what am i going to get from this cuz a lot of times you know the the rewards for creativity are like delayed next time yeah
0: yes it's a delayed
1: <laughs> gratification uh, business so i have sure. to like ha- i have to make sure i'm actually this will probably be i have to just make sure i'm having fun if i if i make it mm. fun for myself okay then I look forward to it. If I look at it like, well, if I do this, like, am I going to get paid? Like then, what do I get out of this? Right. So fun, Like, I'm I'm trying to get back to that. That's why I've been doing more remixes and stuff like that. Cause I don't have to wait on like an artist's approval. I'm just like, yo, this is what I want to do. I like it. I can put it out, you know? Um, But other than that discipline, like you just got to have, you just got to block the time off, you know, wake up in the morning or late at night or whenever it is. And just say, like, this is my time to do it and not be too critical on yourself on how it turns out.
0: There's some golden nuggets right there. And um, what what are your other two books that have helped you creatively or music career wise?
1: Um, another book, and this one isn't necessarily directly related to creativity, but it was just a, a good book for me. Um, it's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, oh, yeah. The reason the Stephen way it's kind of related. Yes, yeah, Stephen Covey. The way it's kind of related to creativity, or it's just, or really, it's more related to maybe my music, the mm-hmm. bi- the business side or the relationship side. Because I know one of them is like think win win, um, and so mm-hmm. I try to do that when I'm working with artists, and that's important as creators sometimes because I think a lot of times we are thinking about how that person can win. We're like what we're going to give them, but this helped me on mm-hmm. the business side because I was like well, what is going to make it a win for me as well? Like whether it's <laughs> compensation mm. or whether it's right. the splits on the back end or whatever the case might be, mm-hmm. or just like how much fun we're going to have. Like I'll have a ton of fun mm. doing this. So like right. things like that just kind of helped me think like, no, it's okay for me to also get a win from this right. situation
0: yeah. as well. It sounds like you're so focused on the the artist winning this. Maybe sometimes you forget about yourself and, and making sure that, you're taking care of yourself.
1: Yeah, man. Cause I mean, you know, I think, you know, when we started out, and I did this for a long time, for over a mm-hmm. decade, just you yeah. just first of all, you're just excited, people even want to hear your music, that they right, even paying right. attention. And so you at that point, you're just willing to do whatever. Like, yeah, you want to rap on this? Cool. Like, take it. Like just, right, right. I just want to hear what's fun. gonna happen. Um, and then you get and then I got to the point where I was just really, really invested. And other people, and these people are still my friends, these are still people I work with, but I was just given like everything I had to see them yeah. be successful, but after a while, you have to look at like, okay, if they're not here, then what am I gonna do? like what's gonna be my right. what's gonna be my catalyst So at some point, I had to look at well, what can I do for me that'll help yeah. me continue to grow as a creative right. as a business person, whatever it is and then i can approach these people like all right here's what i'll do for you here's if you can do this for me like right, this will be a win win for both of us
0: how mm-hmm. about a third career book or uh, or
1: creativity um seth godin is one of my favorite authors oh, as yeah. well so he has a book called the dip so he has a lot of he has a mm-hmm. lot of great books but he has a book yeah. called the dip that just talks about like you know like you know that there's going to come a point where you're going to feel a little discouraged. You're going to feel down. You're going to feel mm-hmm. like, what am I doing? Should I even yeah. continue? And so he just talks about preparing for that dip and having a plan mm. for, like, when that comes and how to recognize if it's just a dip or if it's, like, an actual point where you're like, I just need to stop. <laughs> like, I need to turn around. Right. Um, mm. But a lot of times it's just, it's just that dip. And he was like, everybody on the other side of that dip are the people who, you know, they were consistent and they persevered and they were determined right. to get through it. And that's why they're where they are now. Um, right. So that's probably the other book. Because it kind of goes, it coincides with, for me, the, the if there's any one thing I could find that's like a common trait for all the successful people out there in any realm, it's just mm-hmm. consistency. Like they just didn't right. quit when it got mm-hmm. hard. Um. So the dip is going to come just know that, know that it's expected. Yes. So for me now I'm okay with like, all right, I, I might be in this dip. Let me go for a walk outside or let me right. take two, three days off, like intentionally go to the oh, beach nice. or something like that. Right. You know, and then come back to it.
0: Right. Refill that, uh, inspiration and hit, hit the reset button. Yeah. What, what's the dream that you're working so hard and sacrifice, uh, sacrificing for What what's the vision that you see?
1: I really just want to create so with this there's no box like I just want to create a community of Mm -hmm. like a collective of creators where you know even the stuff we're talking about now we can have these conversations we can talk about how to continue to innovate we can talk about Mm -hmm. um, how to bring all those elements of yourself into your creativity Um, so it's not siloed and And just Mm -hmm. create a community of people that collaborate with each other, that help each other continue to grow. um, And ultimately creating like organizations or um, institutions that focus on that and nurture that. That's kind of like the bigger, bigger picture um, for me. That's what I'm like working so hard to get it figured out for myself so I can help others so that we can create systems that nurture this, you know, in the
0: world. How does that play out in 2021? What's the the next steps that you're, what, what's that next kind of focal point you're, you're at on right now in your, in your musical journey? The next point for me. So
1: um, as far as music production, it's just, uh, I just want to continue to collaborate with artists that I like artists that I enjoy, mm-hmm. maybe doing some like compilation projects with just different songs I produce for different people. Um, and then outside of that, i'm I'm really thinking I was just thinking about this yesterday. just I need to go ahead and start maybe creating some kind of materials based on the stuff that um, I want to educate people on, creating okay. I know you got a school, so like you'd be really a great mm-hmm. person to talk to this about, but sure. Um, just creating some of that stuff so that people have access to it when I'm not mm-hmm. there. I'm trying to remove mm-hmm. myself as being having to be like the face and the voice of everything and just like give people access to that that stuff. stuff.
0: Are you looking to create um, maybe like a, a site that's an online portal for log, you know, uh, this is a beat course or something like that. Is that what you picture?
1: Yeah. Stuff like that. I mean, I know there's a couple of particular areas, like there's stuff I do with artists now to help them like figure out their identity as an artist I want to like mm. make that into something that they don't need me necessarily to go through. Um and then of course just different other aspects whether it's be creation or um right right. You know, just understanding like some basics of how to get paid and things like that. Mm.
0: Yeah, I th- I think a real big one would be um a course that indie artists This is how you go from start to finish on releasing a song as far as getting the paperwork straight with like your producer. This is how you register it with the the, the PROs. This is, I I don't see anything out there like that. Um, That's something I thought it would be super cool because I, that's why I'm asking you some of these questions like, how do you picture the splits or what are the standards? You know, what are it's these are things i'm curious about i wish there was a course like that
1: yeah no i mean that's a it's yeah, that's a huge opportunity it's kind of ironic it's kind of funny that there's not a lot of stuff out there because those questions it's the same why wouldn't a lawyer uh,
0: put something together like that or you know yeah totally some, i've talked to lawyers sometimes and they really don't even know how to register a song and they don't even know some of these questions about the new streaming technologies um it's it's a, a wild business where things are constantly evolving. So,
1: yeah, that's probably part of the, the challenge is you create, as soon as you create something, you know, a, two or three new things have happened
0: that slightly right. alter that a
1: little right.
0: bit. All right. Anything you'd like to, uh, in closing, uh, anything you'd like to promote, KT? Uh, I just
1: want to promote, uh, well, follow me everywhere. Uh, KT Got Beats everywhere. Um, the There Is No Box brand, I actually have these hoodies for sale now, right now. Okay. Uh, for a little bit longer. I don't really, I haven't really dabbled in merch at all, but this is something I wear all the time and people ask me about it. Nice. So, ktgotbeats.com slash shop if you want to grab those. Um, but other than that, I just want to uh, encourage people to not create a box around your own creativity. Mm-hmm. Let yourself experiment. Uh, take time to know yourself uh stay authentic to you um trust your gut uh and feel free feel free to be you so that's all i want to say really
0: thanks kt you've been a a true inspiration and super generous and and sharing your vast knowledge and uh, i appreciate you
1: appreciate this time man appreciate the opportunity